Hi, this is Jen Schwartz. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit, Effective Thinking for Potent Exercise. Welcome to Lab of Me. Jen doesn't stretch. That's right. I am a non-stretcher, meaning I'm a muscle, I, I call myself a muscle expert. I've been to close to 600 hours of continuing education on muscles. I've uh, done cadaver dissections, which is the ultimate learning experience for those that are interested in muscles or personal training or fitness or massage or physical therapy. Um, I've done all types of continuing education and from my educated point of view and from a person that exercises about four times a week and also I I don't sit for a living. I'm very physical in my job. Uh, I'm often on my feet for uh, I'd say seven to ten hours a day. Um, I don't stretch. And let's even say that I don't stretch air quote uh, because there um, there's there's a misinformation about the word stretch and how we use it. And I think that is a really that is one of the points that we are going to cover today that uh, stretching as we know it needs to be better defined and the reason, the value that I want people to take away from this is that I want you to understand how and when to use stretching advice. Because it's out there, it's not going anywhere. Uh, and the fitness media and the fitness consumer can be uh, very misleading and misled. So we need to be better consumers and... Uh, that's really what, so this isn't all about lab of me today. I'm just talking about this from my point of view as a person who helps a lot of people with chronic pain and a reoccurring injury and stagnant in their fitness goals. And I also work with a lot of athletes on, you know, maintaining a injury-free status. So most of that involves no stretching. And that um, that is controversial and surprising as, you know, it, it should be because we're fed a lot of information about stretching. So um, now let's get something, uh, let me get something off my chest here. Uh, some stretching feels good. Uh, some people have a very spiritual practice of stretching, uh, mostly associated with yoga, but it's a that that is a practice. Um, and what I'm talking about is differentiating the difference between a sensation and what is actually happening mechanically or the inside view of the body. So these are two different things. However, we 
put it into uh, the same sentence and it means the same thing. So we're doing ourselves a disservice by using the word stretching um, dubiously and inappropriately. So starting from here on out, you're going to have a better definition of it and be able to um, quantify whether it is good for you or not, basically. So we'll just start out with six myths, six myths of stretching. Um, So right now I'm about to bust some myths and hurt some feelings. And I'm sorry, but not sorry ahead of time. But keep your keep this question in mind while I give you these myths and what is not true about stretching. Do we really need to stretch? And if so, does it need to be aggressive? What is the goal of stretching? So here are the six myths. One, stretching increases range of motion in people with chronically tight muscles. False. Two, stretching Before, after exercise reduces muscle soreness. False. Three, stretching helps to prevent injuries. False. Stretching improves sporting performance. Not true. Stretching can result in a permanent change in muscle length. Not true. Stretching helps to tone your muscles. Um, To be honest, I'm not even sure what that means. But it's... um, When I say false and not true, I'm saying it from a point of view of research, evidence-based conclusions. Um, This is not including foam rolling or myofascial release. I will touch on that a little bit, Um, but those are the, you know, the six myths of stretching, and in my humble opinion, the goal uh, you should be thinking about why am I stretching? And if the person giving you advice or the blog giving you the advice or the YouTube giving you the advice to stretch, if your goals can align with what they're saying, you could give them another 10 seconds of your attention. But if it doesn't and if they're not making sense and it's not scientifically based because Listening to this, listening to this podcast is going to make you more scientifically based in your, uh, the structure of the decisions that you're going to make about your body and your fitness, um, then give them the attention, right? Uh, and you know, more importantly, does it match your goals? So here's one thing that is super overlooked in the fitness world, um, Trigger points, tightness, and uh, I guess chronic tightness where, you know, your shoulder has literally been tight for like five years. That would be a chronic tightness. Um, If those things existed and we still, you know, were able to get, you know, produce or do the outcome or do the things that we wanted to do, these things have always existed. However... Uh, when research has like started on the human body and, uh, how far medicine has come in, let's just say a number like 40 years, there has been much bigger fish to fry than why are my muscles tight? 
So all this information about stretching has just been passed on like, you know, your grandfather's favorite recipe of pork and beans. Like there's not much else to it. There's musculoskeletal uh, items for research has only gained any type of uh, momentum in like the past 10 years. And that might have to do more with like real degradation of the muscular system, like strokes and uh, dementia, Parkinson's, and the the control centers of our muscle, rather than, uh, you know, you going to CrossFit and saying, oh, my shoulder's tight. So really, there's not a whole lot of good information out there and the information out there on stretching and foam rolling and trigger points isn't is uh not in favor of doing those things um that i mean that's a <laughs> that should be a big uh perspective change for you because Modern medicine has had bigger fish to fry. Musculoskeletal science is just starting to receive attention. So let's get more involved with the science and the items that we're trying to change, which, which are the muscles. When it comes to tightness, like what are we trying to change? It is the resting length and the sensation. So let's... Uh, dive in before I talk about, you know, this is why I don't stretch. I'm going to uh, give you basically the mechanical reasons why. So let's differentiate between the sensation of tightness and stretching and the inside view of what's actually going on. And then what you can actually take away from from this conversation that I'm having with myself, Rosé, and producer Ted, um, <laughs> that uh, what, what you can take away, I do have an alternative to stretching that will come in a few minutes. So uh, the sensation of stretching, that, so let's, let's, let's di- back up and use the word dichotomy here. So stretching actually means, this is copied from a dictionary, of something soft or elastic, be made or be capable of being made longer or wider without tearing or breaking. So the best example that I can think of is a sock, a tube sock. When you stretch your socks, it doesn't break. It can go over your huge awesome calves and not break and it can also fold into your drawer that's elastic and that's stretchy (laughs) you've degraded the um you've it just degraded the whole elastic property and that's physics so has to do with the heat that it's exposed to the water and that it just has a timeline so uh, to be honest, like our, our muscles don't function like that. Um, there is a property, uh, a protein called elastin that is in the muscles. It's mostly towards the tendon 
the muscles don't have a lot of this property in them. And even in that situation, uh, when we're talking about how much elastin is in the actual muscle, um, it doesn't mean elastic, but they do have a give and take. They're very highly regulated give and take. (laughs) It's not, uh, you know, me just pulling on a tube sock. Um, It is very highly regulated because the stretch is in there to protect the joint. Which, you know, leads me to what is the sensation of tightness and what is the sensation of stretching? So the sensation of stretching is your muscle basically fighting an elongation contraction. We call it uh, eccentric contraction in the fitness world. And um, a really good example of that is if you're doing a deadlift and you're at the bottom of the deadlift, meaning you haven't lifted the weight up, your hamstrings and glutes are developing a lot of tensile power or just force in general in an elongated position. So you're technically stretching when you have a, when you're in a deadlift situation. So back to me, when I say air quote, Jen doesn't stretch, what I really mean is I don't stretch in the conventional way because there's a a degree of stretch that happens in our muscles on a lot of contractions, but I'm not trying to elicit that change manually or, you know, in a, in a deep yoga pose. So there is a degree of stretching that happens a very little degree. And the last time I checked my resources, it was only 2%, two, 2% of the muscle had elastin in it. So the rest of the muscle is very much, uh, strength, like the analogy that I used last time, which was the Velcro or the uh, leather belt. And um, so we have the stretching sensation, and now we have the um, the tightness sensation. Tightness, um, now we're, the, people uh, are very conditioned to thinking that tightness is bad. I'm here to say that tightness is not all bad. It is a signal, it is a communication effort on your nervous system to tell you that there are muscles underperforming in your body causing that tightness. So the underperforming muscles, your nervous system knows that, that they are underperforming, so they know that there are certain motions that that cannot be produced because the muscles are underperforming. And then what does the muscular system do because of that? It tightens up that area because it doesn't want you to move in the position that it cannot move in. This is a sensation. Tightness is a sensation and it is not always a bad thing. Hear me loud and clear, bold face type and bigger type. <laughs> Hear me. It is so important. I just don't... Um, I want, that's one of the major takeaways is that tightness is not always a bad thing. So, um, we've got the differentiation between a sensation and what actually is happening on the inside 
of our, you know, around our joints. Um, now, if you feel the need to stretch, that's when you really have to kind of talk yourself out of, okay, I need to stretch this thing. And I know it's hard to resist that. And you can do it, but it's not solving the problem. And back to like the six myths that I was saying earlier, um, at, you know, it's stretching is still a good sensation, but honestly, like at best, there is evidence that research, um, it, you know, very precise and delicate stretching on some chronic injuries can help, but we're, I'm talking that, I mean, that applies to like 15% of the things that are people are dealing with on a daily basis. And let me be very clear in saying this. I help people every day um, on a daily basis. I have, you know, clients booked out a few weeks and I help them with chronic injury and chronic tightness and chronic muscle underperformance. And I do not uh, have them do any stretching. Uh, personally, I have experienced um, someone telling me to stretch a underperforming muscle group and it did nothing. Uh, it, and that is one of the things that made me prompt questions that led me down this road in my career. So that's really what I'm talking about uh, in this whole podcast in the lab of me is because I had this experience that made me question everything about stretching and everything that was considered norm in the fitness industry. And that made me be able to take the leap into changing my paradigm and being able to help people. So you're not alone. If you're the person that has been told to stretch over and over and over again um, and you get nowhere, then, you know, you're not alone. Um, I see it every day. I experienced it. And how many times has it come up in casual conversation? A lot. Enough for me to, to be – to record this podcast as one of the first ones because because it is one of the most frequent questions that I get. And my answer – the short answer is stretching isn't doing what you think it's doing. It might be doing nothing and you're just getting a sensation or it might be doing a little bit of harm. Now for me and my body, it actually does do a little harm. My body does not respond well to stretching. However, I respond really well to intentional eccentric contractions in Pilates. And um, I talked about Pilates last time because it is something I do every week as a, you know, I use it to improve my body and keep me super mobile and strong for my clients. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the point is, um, it is the one of the most frequent questions that I get asked. And I gave you the short answer. Here's the long answer, right? One, uh, one takeaway is don't always kill the messenger. Tightness is not always a bad thing. Two, um, 
stretching as a ritual, as a practice, as a yoga practice is not a bad thing, but compartmentalize that as something that makes you feel good. And that feel good might not be totally physical. It might be emotional and mental and helps you relax. And that is an awesome thing. But don't, uh, the third takeaway is don't mix up stretching with high performance because it's not, that's not how it works for the masses, even though we've been told over and over again that it has. Um, the things, and then, you know, I'll, I'll leave, uh, I'll start to leave with this. Every modality has a place, meaning massage, stretching, foam rolling. Um, if we know what the modality's effect is on the nervous system and the muscular system, we can appropriate the modality if that's the result we want at that given time. So it comes back to this mindfulness and zeroing, zeroing in on your goals. Um, comes back to connecting the two, what you want at that time. But how many of us hear from our clients and how many of us hear from our friends and our people that we work out with that they got hurt or injured because they, quote, don't stretch enough, unquote. Um, I, I, I can't say how much that disappoints me because you only learn that from your gym teacher or your mom when there was zero science on the musculoskeletal system. The musculoskeletal science is not even close to being done. It just started. So forget the old stuff. Forget it. It's not real. You're only going by power of suggestion that it might help you. Um, educate and be evidence-led in your fitness. And certainly, if you're investing in anyone, like a trainer or a chiropractor or a muscle specialist, they must be evidence-led. Client, I, My clients thank me all the time for teaching them this because I can give them exercises to do instead of uh, stretching. So last point, and this is the juicy takeaway on how you can replace stretching. So uh, put your, put exercise, we're going to put exercise and therapy and stretching and, into separate boxes. We're going to compartmentalize them. So in one box, we have exercise and whatever that is for you, you know what that feels like. For me, exercise um, is technical. Uh, I love doing machines and focusing on one group of muscles at a time. That really makes me feel good. I know I am not the norm on that. Most people don't love that as much as I do. But whether whatever exercise is for you, whether that's a bar class or um, mega reformer or walking in the park, um, or parkour, uh, exercise is exercise. 
And then you have therapy. So I'm guessing most people that are interested in thinking fit and evolving their fitness have been in some kind of physical therapy or massage therapy to fix chronic issues. And so you know what that feels like. Let's have that box, therapy box. And then what's in the middle? What I'm going to give you right now is in the middle. It's called positional strength training. So all the positions that feel tight, you're going to do voluntary voluntary isometric contractions in that position. There has to be a video component of this, um, but what it really feels like is put your hands together, make a, um, put both of your palms together and press them really hard together like you're trying to kill a bug. Like you're going to slowly take the life out of that bug with this contraction of muscles between your hands. And if you hold that contraction for five seconds or even two seconds or longer, that is an isometric contraction. So positional strength training is finding the tight spots and literally and slowly and intentionally muscling through them. Um, That can give you more safety in your body. Um, And it doesn't feel like therapy. And it's definitely not exercise because you're like not moving enough, right? But positional strength training is focusing on contracting better in a position and And those positions are the positions that you're having issues with or your tightness. Go to that position, perform the muscle contraction, and that is actually the opposite of stretching. And you will feel more strength, more flexibility, more mobility. And um, I'll leave you with this. All All the things that I'm talking about. Exercise, stretching, yoga, it's all about applying force to the body. The better you know about the forces and about what you're applying it to, the body, the better and more predictable your outcome. Bottom line, that uh, is a very, uh, I want that to empower you and I want that to be a part of, of your warm up and a part when a part of your regimen when you're in pain can you do an isometric contraction it has been proven in research that this stuff helps so i'll leave you with that i cannot wait to hear your victory i vote your victory and i look forward to connecting with you Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and comment, like, dislike. Just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness. Mm-hmm.